In a world where content is king and your reputation is your brand, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands, a home for those that think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here is your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, hey, what's up? Welcome to the show. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, and today we are talking to Park Howell. That's right, Park Howell. He's a 35-plus year veteran of the brand marketing game. He ran his own agency called Park & Co. for 20 years and began teaching leadership storytelling 15 years ago. He hosts the popular Business of Story podcast, which Feedspot named the number one business storytelling podcast for 2022. And the seven-year-old show is ranked among the top 10% of downloaded podcasts in the world. A story is only as good as the villain is evil. This is one of Park's quotes. That's why he helps his customers overcome boring messages by entertaining to educate. And that's how he helps leaders excel through the stories they tell. That's right. We are diving into storytelling in depth today, the framework for doing it. Not only the like large, complicated way people tell stories today, but also how to really distill that down to its key components, the things you need to know to get started, storytelling in your life, storytelling in your business, storytelling for your brand, and all that and more. He also has a great offer today at his website, businessofstory.com forward slash BB podcast, where you can get access to his course um, and you can check out his content there as well. Hope you guys check out Park Howell and listen to our conversation today. We really get into all of that and more today on the show. Check it out. Brands on Brands. All right, let's get going. I'm excited to bring our guest today to the show. First off, Park Howell, welcome to the show. Well, Brandon, thanks for having me here. Thanks for being here. The reason I'm excited is we get to talk about one of the topics that I'll admit we haven't covered as much as I think I, I'd like to on the show, which is the topic of storytelling. We do a lot of like the individual channel advice, like how to use Facebook and Instagram, but the art of storytelling, which fills all these channels, uh, we haven't covered it enough, uh, to my opinion. So for all the people out there that uh, I, I know are going to get benefit from the the idea of how to craft a story and use it in their daily lives. I'd love to set the stage for you. What is the value of good storytelling and why is it so important? Well, it comes down to basically we are all homo sapiens. Can we agree on that? Right. Which essentially means we are storytelling monkeys because we have not found any other being in our universe that plans acts, you know, brings people together using storytelling. I mean, everything we're selling, everything we're trying to get people to buy into tomorrow through our brand, a product, a service, or whatever, we essentially are painting a fictional picture in their head of what a brighter day tomorrow is going to look like if they buy into our product or service. And then, of course, it's our job to deliver on those promises and that story and make that fictional account reality. And so that is the power of story. When we're leading with facts and features and data and charts and graphs. That is non-narrative, non-story. And our brains just simply don't care about that stuff unless we put it into the context of a story. So essentially, 
If you're not using story in your organizational business or brand communication, then you are literally not using the one tool that our brain is hardwired to use to make meaning out of the madness of being human beings. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? It goes back to our our nature. I think we've obviously evolved to where, you know, we can think about and analyze these things to the point where we can get really good at it. What do you say makes storytelling really effective? Like when someone's doing it right and it's uh, it's firing at all cylinders, what does effective storytelling look like? Well, Brandon, think about the last story you were told or even a joke that you were told because it's based on the principles of a story. And either one of those made the hair stand up in the back of your neck or made you laugh out loud or you got the chills or you got really bummed out for someone, something bad was happening to or you were ecstatic about something else that happened to someone else. That's the power of story. I mean, it literally bewitches your audience. So with Business of Story, we teach the applied science, which are these three frameworks that we know work on our limbic brain. The, the applied science then leads to that bewitchery of storytelling where you can feel it. And the whole goal is to, number one, ignite that limbic brain so it's paying attention to you and not all the cacophony of communication going on around us. And then number two is to light, or, light up the theater of the mind so your audience can picture it, can feel it. You know, they feel like they are right there living vicariously through the protagonist in that story. When you've got that, you've got that narrow coupling that all marketers absolutely desire. I mean, if you can couple, you know, with that brain sitting across from you and you get the nodding yes, then that is the power of story. And there's no number in the world that's going to get you there. So we always say turn data into drama. And the way to underscore that, I guess, is what is, Brandon, the first syllable of numbers? I'm not sure I know what you mean. What is the word number? Oh, what numb. is the first syllable? <laughs> numb, yeah. Numb. And that's all right. Whenever I ask that question, there's always a long pause in my workshops. And then someone goes, numb. That's right. Because numbers meaning absolutely nothing to us unless we put them into the context of a story. Yeah. I, you had me on that one for a second. I, I, <laughs> the analytical thinker in me gets gets stuck. And I think the storytelling helps us get past some of that usually. Exactly. Uh, being that I want this to be a well-told podcast today, uh, I'd love to to maybe establish why storytelling can be so hard for people, because I think everyone should be using it, but not everyone does. So what do you think makes this so difficult? Well, if you think about it, Brandon, we are all intuitive storytellers. It is literally built into us. You know, when we hang up here or you go home from the office or whatever, we all sit down and naturally tell stories. How was your day? What happened here? Did you hear what happened to Bob? Did you hear what happened to Sally? So we're already telling these stories. We know how to tell stories. We are storytelling apes, essentially. But when we get into organizational communications, business marketing, what? We want to look and sound smart. We want to lead with, you know, all this great data and our features and functions. And we just presume people are going to connect the dots and say, gee, you've got the best offering. I'll buy from you when it couldn't be further from the truth. We need to turn that you know, data into drama and tell these stories. And the reason why it's hard is because we're not taught how to do it. You take a journalism course, you're taught how to write like a journalist. You, know, you take a coder course and you 
could code computer software. Well, what we're really doing is kind of combining the both because the storytelling is the code that operates the, the hard drive of our brain. And we're just simply not taught how to do it. I mean, you've been in the advertising world for a long time, right? I think you told me 20 years you yeah. spent in the advertising biz. Mm -hmm. Did anyone ever sit down and show you exactly how to tell a story in your writing and maybe a commercial you're creating or whatever? I never did. I mean, we all winged it. Right. And then we learned and we knew what, well, we saw what worked. We didn't always know what worked. And I found that it was really underscored to me of doing work for Goodwill of Central and Northern Arizona. And we created these two TV commercials. And this is back early, early 2000s. One of them pulled unbelievably well. I mean, they had a 40% increase in retail sales the very next month following that. People were actually pointing out the commercial. Its companion commercial didn't pull at all. In fact, we had to pull it because it was wasted money. And back then, before I understood story and how it worked, I looked at it and I go, why does this one work and this one not work? And it was when I started setting story, I'm going, oh my God, this is like perfect story framework format, setup, problem resolution. There's enter it's entertaining, there's stakes involved and whatever. We did this intuitively. We had no idea. We did it, but we did it. This other one was just kind of a creative, aren't we so creative? This is going to win a bunch of awards. It's so cool, but it was non-narrative. And so it didn't work for our customers. That was my aha moment. Like, my God, I've never been actually taught story structure. <laughs> and now that I teach it all the time, I see the power, the ROI in it. And that's why people aren't doing it. They're just simply not taught how to do it. So... I'm going to throw you a softball, but then it's, then it's going to get a little crazy. Cause I, I, I want to dive in. I want to dive into, you know, how you teach story structure so that people can get a little bit of, of, I think, education on that just to get them moving. But yeah. I eventually, like, I'm going to take this eventually to like what, how people are actually creating today. Uh, and we can apply some of that, but I will get to that. Let's start with okay. how you, like, how do you get people started, um, like doing this in their everyday business? What's the, the way to think about it? Yeah. And I do it exactly backwards from how I learned it because I learned the big complex hero's journey. Then I mapped it to business with the 10 step story cycle system, which is very, very effective, but it's complicated. Uh, then learn the five primal elements of a short story for big impact. This is an anecdote you can tell in under a minute to make your business point for you. But Brandon, I have found it all boils down to three words and that is and, but therefore. We call it the ABT Agile Narrative Framework. I learned about it from my friend, Dr. Randy Olson, back in 2013. Randy is an evolutionary biologist, PhD from Harvard, goes on to USC Film School, graduates, directs and produces three documentaries on climate change, global warming. But really, his mission in life is to teach scientists and academia how to translate their big ideas into singular narratives and frameworks that we can all understand and get behind. It was when I f found the ABT from a branding standpoint back then, that was when I was running my ad agency, Park & Co. I'm like, oh my God, this is so powerful to take a complex brand message and make it simple and easily digestible with a real hook in it. Like I say, you use the ABT to hack through the noise and hook into the hearts of customers. So the very first thing I ever train anybody on is to build their narrative intuition with these three simple words, and, but, therefore, we call it the ABT. 
Yeah. The, so the simple narrative I've, I've tried this and it's, it, I love this simple explanation. It takes some work to get it to like, to fill the right things into those pieces. So maybe you could take me through it. I think for, for me, the, the starting point is a little like maybe the easiest part where it's like, how do you help people? Like where, what's the, how would you describe the, the, and part the, yeah. for me, it was, how do you help people and why, but is that what you would say? Yeah. So the, and let's break it down first. I'll get weirdo academic on you. And then I'm going to jump right out of that. Right. All right. So the, and, but, and therefore we have learned works and literally it's been around since the beginning of time. If you think of any nursery rhyme, it's based on this setup problem resolution and, but therefore framework. I'll circle back with little Miss Muffet in a minute. Don't <laughs> let me forget it. Okay. The and, but therefore works because it uses the three forces of story of agreement, contradiction, and consequence. By agreement, and that's your and statement, we want to do, when we coach this, we, we want you to make it positive, aspirational. We can agree this is what you want, speaking from your audience's point of view. And it's important to you because of this. So you get them nodding. You know, so often we're taught, start with the problem. And we have found it's actually much better to start with an aspirational vision for tomorrow, then introduce the problem. So you have the statement of agreement, the shared vision of a brighter tomorrow. You get them nodding. Yes, that's what I want. But you don't have it because of this. Oh, you're right. I don't have it. Therefore, imagine what it's going to be like when we do this to get you there. Set up problem resolution, agreement, contradiction, consequence of that contradiction. And the consequence, of course, is your call to action. Now, why we have found that this seems to be so powerful is it plays to our primal limbic brain, which is pattern-seeking, cause-and-effect, decision-making, subconscious brain running around in the background. If we are communicating to it in a non-narrative way, meaning and, 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 which just bores your audience to death, and when was the last time you were bored into buying anything, we lose them. So you get one and. Here's what you want, why it's important to you, or here's what you want, and here's why it's important to you, but here's why you don't currently have it. Therefore, here's how you're going to get it. That's that's the simplest way to boil down an and, but therefore. Yeah, I love it. Because I mean, so if I'm applying this for me, there's a lot of coaches and consultants out there that are, you know, solopreneurs building their own businesses. I love helping people who their reputation is their brand, right? So for them, a lot of them are seeking more clients. They just, no one knows who they are, right? Because when you enter that world, you're starting from zero. A lot of the time you haven't already established authority and been on stages and whatever else you're starting from zero. So for a lot of them, they have this great thing they want to help people with. And they need some attention in their business to be found, to, to be able to help and have the impact they're looking to help. But no one knows they exist. They haven't established themselves in the market. Therefore, they need, and there's a million ways that we can help them. It depends on what those, you know, it could be start a podcast, do more content, do more content, whatever the thing is that you're selling and how you want to help them or what, how you actually think this will change, you know, what the thing is, the solution is that will help these coaches and consultants for some, it just might be storytelling. Right. But this framework helps me even think about how all these people can be finding the right customers with the right message. So I appreciate the, the formula. Absolutely. And what it does too, Brandon, is when you start working through the end button, therefore it makes you as the creator do two major paradigm shifts. 
number one, and you're hearing this more and more out there, but I'm still amazed at how many people do not realize it until I share it with them. You are not the center of the story. Your audience is, be it a prospect, buyer, customer, colleague, community you serve, your kid, you're trying to get them to eat their peas. They are the center of the story, right? So when you start with that statement of agreement, I want you to do a pronoun shift and use the word you. And when you say you, I want you to picture the you of your audience. Who are they? So you're speaking directly to them. And you know what, what do they want and why is that important to them? And when you do that, what you're doing is number one, you're placing them at the center of the story. You are demonstrating that you appreciate what they want and why that is important to them. So you're developing this understanding for who they are, which makes you place them at the center of the story. But you don't have it because of this. That's where you d demonstrate empathy for them. They're like, oh, yeah, man, Brandon, you're dead on. That's exactly my problem. Therefore, you have just built trust with them in that statement then of consequence. Here's how I can help you get it. Those, when you start boiling it down, that's what you're, those are the emotions that you're really communicating, but you're doing the heavy lifting first by putting your audience at, at the center of the story. Any yeah. questions on that before I get to number two? No, I appreciate that. Let's go. Number two, your story is not about what you make, but what you make happen in your audience's customer's life. It's always about the outcomes. And here's the thing that people have a hard time swallowing. I hate to tell you, but your audiences and your prospects don't really care about you. They don't really care about your brand. They don't actually care about your widget or your service. All they care about is what you can make happen in their life. So the two major paradigms just when you're using the ABT and all storytelling for that matter is place your audience at the center of the story, demonstrate that you understand and appreciate what they want and why it's important to them, demonstrate that you have empathy for why they don't have it, and then share what that outcome is going to look like by what you make. <laughs> so what do you, you make happen? And then how do you do it? That last part of that, therefore, is always where you come in as the brand or the mentor, or the guide, whatever. And the thinking is here, we've seen it in action. When you use a really powerful ABT, you can use it in under 15 seconds to first hook your audience around a singular problem solution dynamic from their point of view. And then you share a little anecdotal story that makes your business point for you. It could be a customer story. It could be something that happened to you. It could be a competitor story. But you want to then use an expanded ABT. We call it the five primal elements of a short story to make that. And what you've done in under 90 seconds is use those two frameworks to hook them from the very start. Yeah, I like that. I, I think a lot of the time, because you know, I think I've people have taken this exercise in their own ways and shapes and forms, trying to figure out how do I write copy for my client or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. And I think a lot of the time they get to the outcome part and they maybe choose the wrong outcomes. They choose something that is maybe a level further behind than what the client actually cares about. How do you make sure that your outcome is connected to what your client actually is looking for? Yeah. Fantastic question, Brandon. You know, that all comes in the discovery phase, right? So you're down and you've probably, hopefully have had a few conversations with them so that you can understand what it is they're really looking for. You know, you ask for that simple question of what's a win look like? <laughs> you know, tell us what the, I always start with that. When I get asked for, you know, anything from keynotes to workshops to whatever, very first question, what is a win for you and your attendees? I want them to, to 
you know, tell me exactly what the outcome is. Then I'll ask them, why don't you currently have that? What's, what's been standing in your way that keeps you from getting that win? Well, then they share with you what their problem is they're trying to overcome. There's your but statement, right? And then you've got the therefore. It's like, okay, I can customize a program to do this, to get all your people on board. So it's pure discovery, but that's the beautiful thing about the ABT too, is you can listen, use it as a story listening tool. And of course, what I mean by that is I sit down, Brandon, you called, you know, um, you're interested in some of our services, presumably because you called, you can even do this in a very a cold, cold situation too. What's going on? What's, you know, what, what are you trying to achieve? And then why aren't you there? And you know how it is so often. People will just kind of do that vomit on you and they'll get the frustration comes out. They'll go on for minutes and minutes and minutes telling you what's going on. When you get really good with the ABT, you just simply listen and sift it through the ABT. Then when they take a breath, you go, Brandon, you know, what I heard you tell me was you're really looking to do this and it's important because of this, but you're not there because of this. Therefore, I feel like we could do this and we could get you there. Now, one of three things or two or all three things happen. Number one is they always go, wow, dude, you said that better than I did. And they, they're <laughs> impressed because that leads to number two. You actually listen to me. You know, it's like nobody listens to me. You actually listen to me. And then number three that sometimes happens, but not always. They'll say, Brandon, you said that so well. I realized I forgot to tell you one other thing. And it is always that one other thing that is the real problem. Everything else has been symptoms leading up to that. So you can use the ABT as a marvelous discovery listening tool to get to what you had asked earlier, long way around the barn, is how do I know what they want? Rick and ask them. <laughs> so simple, yet sometimes so difficult uh, getting those right answers. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, we we focus on the kind of that very introductory part of this, and there's a broader storytelling framework that you have, but also that has, you know, is part of a kind of the storytelling framework that's worked over time. Before that, I think we got to address the the kind of the elephant in the room, which is that media is completely different today. And it always is different every year. It's, it changes. Right. And for me, like with, there's so many different formats that storytelling can live within everything from long form written or visual or video to really short form notes, emails, or even today, like six second videos and 15 second videos. I'm trying to figure out how in this world where media is all over the place, how does storytelling fit within all these different formats and form factors? Yeah, fantastic question. You know, it comes back to that same concept of agreement, contradiction, consequence. It's what our cause and effect pattern-seeking brain loves. So even in those large frameworks you're, you're referring to, like the hero's journey, that can be as many as 17 to 19 steps, depending on who you read. You've got the 15, Blake Snyder's 15 Beasts to Story as he shares and saves the cat, save the cat, which is a marvelous framework and is really especially good for presentation. You've got the six, seven or eight step of the Pixar way. And the biggest challenge is once you get over a couple, three, four steps, our brains just get really confused. And most people in business are looking for that silver bullet. So I have found by teaching the end, but therefore getting and really getting people understanding this narrative intuition of setup problem resolution that you actually see it in the in the hero's journey 
when you look at Joseph Campbell's big hero's journey, you're in act one, which is the ordinary world set up. You get introduced to the character there, and then they have a call to adventure. Well, that ordinary world is essentially the end. It's exposition. You want to set the scene as quickly and powerfully as possible, and then you want to get to the action, which is the butt section. And that takes up, you know, well over half of the hero's journey. Here now you're into this new extraordinary world. You have trials, tribulations. You've got to fight your inner demons, exterior, um, outside demons. And when you win, then you return in the therefore statement with what uh, Campbell called the boon. You return home, you're leveled up, you're wiser, smarter, you return with the elixir or whatever. Well, there's the end, the end button, therefore, in a very long form. So why we like to teach the ABT first and foremost, because I want you to get and but therefore down everything else. When you get into the five primal elements of a short story, the eight steps of the Pixar way, the 15 beats of Blake Snyder's or the hero's journey, you are going to see how they're built on a grand scale and on a small scale. And in fact, every scene within a movie is its own little and but therefore. The scene starts, but then there's action, something takes place, and it's always a negative or positive reaction if the scene started negatively, it will end positively and vice versa. Power will shift from one character to the other if a scene is done well. And all they're doing is embedding now these little ABTs throughout an entire movie, which has its own overarching ABT storyline, just like a brand has its overarching ABT narrative, but is then supported by all these other anecdotal stories, beginning with knowing and really appreciating how to wield the ABT. Yeah. And I guess I've seen that. I mean, I've seen, you know, there yeah, at the beginning of a YouTube video or even a TikTok. So there's usually some kind of hook right at the very beginning that it's bringing you into like the thing that they're like, this is what you're going to see today. And they're either introducing the problem or they're somehow grabbing your interest so that you are curious to then set up the rest of the, the thing. So I see it in action, but it's so much more subtle and hard to recognize when it, when you really cut the content down to these shorter form factors well you're using those that those three forces of story i don't know if you know who christopher lockhead is he's yeah. this amazing legendary silicon valley marketer and he had me on his podcast about six months ago and i introduced him to the abt and it blew his mind and he shared a screenshot of a tweet that he had sent the next day using an abt and it was something to the end well let me see if i can pull it up here i can read it for you exactly and he said this, he goes, this is just blows me away, Park. It reads, most entrepreneurs would love to design a new category and build a billion-dollar business. But there is so much startup BS on Twitter, it's hard to know who to listen to. Therefore, meet David Sachs. He knows a few things, which then leads a link to his podcast with David Sachs on it. That, that singular tweet in under about six hours had over 60,000 engagements to it. And Christopher, who is on, as you know, is on social media all the time, said, I have never, ever seen anything like this. And now he uses it to set the stage for his podcast, for his, to focus his episodes and whatever. And that's just one example of, now that's not a story in and of itself. It's not like an anecdote that I'm taking you to a moment in time. What he wrote there is this simple message, but it uses the forces of story. It's narrative, setup, and problem but there's so much startup bs on twitter it's hard to know who to listen to 
your brain then has this open story loop that's begging, close the story loop. Therefore, what am I supposed to do? And then in this case, the therefore is the call to action to listen to David Sachs. So you can use it. I mean, there, uh, LinkedIn is another fabulous place to use these ABTs in your messaging. Did work for Trimble, and I coached them. They're a global SaaS company for the heavy construction industry. They've been around since, I think, like 1976. They're enormous. And I taught their sales and marketing team about the ABT. And then I did some story coaching after that. And we did an AB test in March in five different countries. They, you know, shared their usual LinkedIn campaigns. And then in April, they would send me their LinkedIn campaigns and I would reformat their content using an ABT. And they saw a 400% increase in engagement through those five countries by simply reformatting this content content into a very simple, very short, but powerful ABT. Yeah, I think there's so many applications of this, but I think to your point, often people can miss one piece of this thing and, and you know, or one piece of, a, of the storytelling framework in general, and uh, it just leaves things a little flat. I'm curious what you think or you've seen uh, people often get wrong uh, when it comes to just storytelling in general. Yeah. Well, let's start with the ABT, then we'll move up. What, what the first thing they get wrong is they place them at the center of the story. They're not thinking about their audience or their customer. Number two is they start with a negative thing. They have that statement of agreement, but it's negative. And that can work, but your, but your statement of conflict now has to be positive to offset that negative. And then you're therefore is your call to action. We have just found that the biggest mistake they make is starting in a negative mindset. We want to start positive and get people agreeing moving forward. The third thing is people think they're telling stories when they're not really telling stories at all because they don't have that conflict or contradiction associated with it. No conflict, no story. Kurt Vonnegut, you know, the famous American author, once said he's got a, a, a terrific little video called The Shapes of Stories on YouTube. It's like three minutes and he kind of walks you through the shape of Cinderella and how it's like ubiquitous to storytelling. But he says the most universal story is a man gets in a hole, a man gets out of a hole. doesn't have to be a man. doesn't have to be about a hole. But that's the, that's the most popular story going. That hole that he's referring to, of course, is conflict. Or in the branding sales marketing world, that hole is the problem that you are helping your audiences overcome through your product or service. And Christopher Lockhead said in, in a quote he gave me once, he goes, nobody buys your solution unless they have an effing problem. So you want to really understand what that is. When people think they're telling stories, longer form stories, they typically are and, 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 anding their audience to death because it gets uncomfortable when you reveal the elephant in the room, the real problem that they are toiling with. And yet that's where the marrow of story is. No problem. No conflict, no story. No, I love that you mentioned that sometimes they lead with the problem first, because I feel like that's the caricature of movie trailers is the starting with the in a world where and then they and they list like the the, the terrible thing that's happening. But it's almost become a joke onto itself, because if you actually start a movie trailer like that, you're like, this is this isn't real. This is a joke. Because I think you've missed the setup <laughs> part of it to your point. You can do that, but you've missed some of the the building of like, why are we even here? Like what are what's yeah. what's the the setup for all this before you realize that there's a struggle to them trying to achieve their goal? 
Well, let's go back to that nursery rhyme. Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet eating her curds and whey. Along came a spider who sat down beside her and frightened Miss Muffet away. So when I read that to you, you, your first reaction might be, part, there's no and, but, or therefore there. Ah, but they're implied. The story structure is there. Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet and she was eating her curds and whey. That's set up. That's act one. But here's the complication. But along came a spider who sat down beside her. The consequence, therefore, frightened Miss Muffet away. Yeah. And if you think about it, any any nursery rhyme that you can come up with typically follows that same exact format. Stands the test of time, fires up the uh, theater of the mind. You can picture it happening and it tickles that limbic brain of like, here's a problem. What's the solution? Or because of this problem, what happened next? Yeah, I, I think. What's funny is I, I love this example because if I flipped it and was like, in a world where there are spiders sometimes, you know, how do you sit on a tuffet and eat your curds and whey? Like people are like, why, why are you introducing spiders and why is this a problem? Right. And but if you're just like, I just want to have I just want to sit down and eat in peace, but I can't do that because of these spiders. Like you already you're now establishing what the goal is first, and then you're like, Okay, well, why why can't you just do that? Oh, well, there's these things that are getting in the way. I see, like I understand how the flip of that would be a little like it just wouldn't work as well because you're not sucked yeah. into like the what you're trying to accomplish. <laughs> I love in a world called Muffetville, there were beautiful young girls that ran around sitting on their tuffet, and all they could dream of is what a brighter tomorrow could be until one day. These mechanical, gigantic spiders showed up, boom, and then what the hell happens next? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> this is great. Exactly. I mean, I think we have a new movie coming out here. This is. I think so. <laughs> I like it. I mean, someone's going to make it. Absolutely. <laughs> Transformers uh, meets uh, vampires. I don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. I'd love to get into a little bit about how you got into. It. You have a great history in marketing. You've been doing this a long time. But at some point, uh, I think it was 2016 or so, you can correct me on that, you kind of left your career to get into this world of, of kind of helping people with story. I'd love to hear a little bit about like how that happened and, and how that transition worked for you. Yeah, well, I, you're right. I have been doing this for 35 plus years in the branding world, and I ran my own ad agency for 20 of those years. I really enjoyed running Park & Co, my agency, for 10 of those years. And then the internet hit and digital advertising and it threw our world, you know, into a quandary. The way we had used to brand and, and market just wasn't working anymore. I like to say that our brands used to own the influence of mass media, but the masses had become the media. And of course, they own your brand story. Bezos once famously said, a brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And I've co-opted that to say, a brand is the story people tell themselves about you when you're not in the room. And if you don't own that story and you don't control that narrative, then they're going to probably tell themselves a story you did not intend unless you intentionally tell them a story. So I was I was really, really frustrated. Um, it was 2004-ish, started studying story. It was the first blips when you started hearing about story and storytelling and marketing back in those early two thousands. And I just thought, well, duh, we all do this. Why are they talking about it now? And that's when I realized how much I did not know 
about storytelling and story structure. And then the universe conspires to help us, doesn't it? When we, when we get curious about something and our son, our middle child, our son, Parker went to film school at Chapman university in orange, California from what? 2006 graduated in 2010 and has been in Hollywood ever since primarily working on virtual reality and mixed reality films. He's now in Austin, Texas, but I tell you all that because I looked at it as an opportunity. And I said to Parker, when you go to, you know, in school, send me your textbooks and your lectures when you're done with them, since I'm paying for them, because I want to know what does Hollywood teach you to become a competitive storyteller in the most competitive storytelling market in the world, Hollywood, right? So that's when I first saw The Hero's Journey. And it was like, whoa, I mean, this is so cool. This completely makes sense in the branding, sales, marketing, funnel, business realm. Why have we never been taught this? You know, why do we have to go to Hollywood to do that? So that's when I really started studying it and started applying it in brand story strategy creation. My very first client we did it with was Clinica Adelante here in Arizona, which we evolved into Adelante Healthcare. And through this process, it was kind of an experiment I was trying, and it worked beyond my wildest imagination. In fact, they grew by 600% precisely because they got their story dialed in and they use everything from operations to recruiting and retaining top employees to expanding this, this healthcare system. That's when I really had my aha, and that was about 2010. And then as I introduced it to clients, they started asking me, can you come in and teach this stuff? I never, ever in all my life been asked that. I mean, you were in the advertising world for 20 years. Were you ever invited in by a client to come in and teach them some of the secret sauce? Nope. They didn't care. Nope. But it's there was something about this that, that they cared about. And then Arizona State University came calling and said, we really love what you're doing with storytelling and sustainability. So I worked in an executive master's program and taught this for five years. And it was about that time as that program was winding down that I realized I don't really want to run an ad agency anymore. What I really want to do is to consult, teach, coach, and speak on the power of story, business, sales, marketing, and leadership. And so that's what I've been doing ever since 2016. And my wife and I were just laughing the other day. I said, you know, honey, we're running this big ad agency in Phoenix and we couldn't attract these big brands that we wanted to work with because we were kind of a dime a dozen. We weren't doing a good enough job of telling our own story. And now I'm a one-man band with this great virtual team, and I get to work with the likes of Walmart Canada, Home Depot, Dell, Intel, U.S. Air Force, and it's because I got my story together, <laughs> the story that I really want to live into, and I just love teaching this. That's my long-winded, quick little background bio. No, that's great. And I, I like getting through a lot of the advice first, because I think it helps lead into, well, how did you even get here? Uh, that's just a structure that I appreciate. So I, I I like that you, now we can see where you came from and what this all happened. I'm a little curious about like when, as you got into this storytelling piece of it, I think it's, if people take what they're learning from today and they try to apply it to themselves, some of them can do it, but there's some struggles along the way. I'm curious because doing it for yourself sometimes is just more difficult than having someone help you. How did you do this for yourself? Was it like trial and error? Did you find it a struggle or was it, did it become more obvious because you had more marketing background than most people do along the way? It was, it was total trial and error. 
It's just, you know how it is being in the advertising world. You, what, what, what did you do in your career? Were you account executive writer, media planning? Producer? Yeah. Media planning. Media was, planning. Yeah. Okay. So you had to really understand audiences. Correct. Where do they want to get their information from? How can you make that buy as efficient as possible to return as big of ROI as possible for your customer? And it means you have to really understand their product and their service and, and how it's going to come together. You probably even looked at the creative saying, yep. okay, this is really appropriate for TV, but we need to do something different for, you know, digital marketing or whatever. So mine was completely trial and error. It was because of the worlds we come from where you've got to learn so much about a lot of different clients and customers that things, patterns start showing up and you can get to aha moments a lot faster. Like you can connect the dots a lot faster than a lot of people that are outside of our industry. And it was when I first saw the hero's journey, it like hit me upside the head. I'm like, oh my God, like I had mentioned earlier, let me test this out. And so it was a total science project and it just completely worked beyond my wildest imagination. So then People would come back and say, it's too complicated. Can't, how can we simplify this thing? Okay, so that was my next charge. And then I found some other frameworks out there from the guys at Anecdote out of Melbourne, Australia, talks about these five elements to story. And it's kind of this overview of these short little anecdotal stories. And I go, well, they're the five primal elements. You can use those for any story. So I was quickly able to take my 10-step process, use it in one area, but now I got five. And I cut it in half to make it very easy for people to to digest this so then i tested it and it worked sometimes it didn't work but then when i really looked for it i found examples of it all around the world i said so this is a thing other people are doing it whether they know it or not i want to turn people from being intuitive to intentional storytellers using these frameworks and then of course the the heavens the storytelling gods looked down at me and said ah! when the publicist from randy olson sent me just the the, the, the copy version of his book, Connection, Hollywood Storytelling Meets Science Critical Thinking, and didn't know him from Adam. They didn't know me from Adam. They just knew I had a podcast. So I started reading through it. When I saw the ABT, that was like, oh my God, here is the holy grail for communication from my humble position. And then I just started applying it everywhere to see what worked and what didn't work. And then over the course of the last 10 years, Randy and I have worked very closely with a couple of other people too, to keep refining the ABT to show how you can make it even more powerful. So it was total trial and error, but I had a hunch it was going to work. I mean, look at the hero's journey and the ABT have been around since the very first recorded story of Gilgamesh. Then there's something to this. This isn't something Hollywood just made up or some marketing mind just made up. This is how the mind actually makes meaning using stories in this framework, starting with the ABT and then expanding it to the 10 step story cycle system. So total trial and error, but I had way more successes with it than failures. And I learned from both actually. Well, I think that that's useful for people to hear and see because a lot of people, especially that are in the personal branding space where their reputation is their business, the a lot of them have to come up with these these trainings, these frameworks for helping people solve their problems. And I think one of the things that they do a lot is like the fire hose, right? They shoot everything they can in terms of knowledge at the people that they're trying to help. And it is complicated, like explaining the story framework that's worked forever, that is, you know, 16 steps or whatever it is, and trying to 
force feed that to a client is a lot. And I think a lot of people do that when building coaching frameworks and businesses in general, uh, and or even just products in general. It's too complicated. So I think the idea that you can start there, you can say, this is the answer, sure. But how do I distill this down into a, a more core component or a simpler framework or a starting point that leads to something along the journey? I think that lesson alone can help a lot of people. And then how you tell that story and bring people into your world can be also be part of your exploration. But I think you're going to tell the story different if you're trying to explain to someone an entire process versus just the beginning of it. Yeah. You know, um, I'll share a little brand story we just developed for a guy, and he was on the podcast, and we did it live. I've got a, a show that I that goes up every Monday called Business of Story. I've been doing it for seven years, and his name's Daniel uh, Nessel, and Daniel is an amazing marketer. He actually comes from Mitsubishi, working with them for many, many years, but now he's working at Lixel, which is a large holding company for home products such as like American Standard bathroom fixtures and, and that sort of thing. There's four different brands under Lixel, and he's uh, one of their main marketers there. He and I were talking about the training we did with their team around this stuff and on his show, the Daniel Nessel show. And I said, what's your show about? And he's got a really fun, engaging podcast. And he brings in lots of different people from lots of different industries. And it's not always about marketing, which you would think it would be because it's Dan Nessel, and that's what he does. Quite a good marketer. But he's all across the board. And then he was really, he was having a hard time explaining to me what it was. And I go, well, let's do an ABT for you. So, we, you know, who's your audience? What are you looking for? What, what's their problem that they can solve by listening? And it took us about seven minutes to get through it. And your, your viewers and your listeners can do the same thing. So for Daniel, his listeners, who he's talking to is that very accomplished executive slash professional that has a very defined swim lane. And they're really big about, I'm really good at this. Stay out of my lanes. I'm going to stay out of your lanes and I'm going to you know deliver us. I'm going to take us to the promised land. And that's all well and good, but swim lanes can get restricting too. If you don't actually paddle outside or dive deeper in your swim lane, then you are going to lose out on information that is going to grow you as a professional, as a person, and make you even stronger in that swim lane. Therefore, listen to Dan's show, who is going to introduce you to a lot of different characters in the personal and professional business development realm so that you can widen your swim lane through deeper knowledge. Now, I kind of butchered that, but you can see where I'm going. You're an expert and you want to own that swim lane, but... By the same token, you are now limiting your swim lane because you're not open to new ideas and new thought process. Therefore, let's deepen your knowledge to widen your swim lane. And that's what ultimately came down to the call to action for his show, the Dan Nestle Show. Widen your swim lane with deeper knowledge. Yeah. Take the, the horse blinders off. Benefit from this, you know? <laughs> and that Absolutely. was just a fun way because it took us a little bit to get to what's the real problem you're solving for. And he said, the problem is people get too restrictive in their thinking. I want to introduce them to a lot of other people without destroying that swim lane, but let's widen it a little bit with a little bit deeper knowledge. Right. Yeah. I, I, I love seeing this in practice. It's I, I nerd out on this a little bit um, <laughs> as we're kind of wrapping up here. And if people want to, I think 
kind of read the the details of this. You got a lot of examples today, but this is all in the book, The Narrative Gym for Business, Introducing the ABT Framework for Business Communication and Messaging. Again, that's come out in 2021. So it's pretty new still. Uh, you can go to businessofstory.com to find that and more about our, our guest today, Park Howell. But Park, as we're wrapping up today, I'd like to hear a little bit just about what you're most excited about right now. And it can be in your personal life or in business. Well, let me say I'm excited about offering your listeners and viewers a place to go that you can get 30% off my quick online course that'll teach you the ABT, and they can download a free copy of the Narrative Gym for Business. So get that special URL, businessofstory.com forward slash BB for brands on brands, BB podcast. BB podcast. forward slash BB podcasts a podcast and you'll get 30% off the course and a free download of the book. If you like that. I'll and then that. I guess what I'm most excited about even more than that, or maybe less than that, cause I'm really excited for your people to see this stuff is that this world, this and, but therefore world is absolutely blowing up for us in all the most positive ways, getting to work with very large organizations um, throughout North America, scaling their people up to do it. And why that's important for me is I think, to help close the divide that we are experiencing in the world, political divide, pandemic divide, you name it, divide. It starts with good, solid listening and communication skills. And I have seen how teaching the end, but therefore in these large organizations has this exponential impact because all these people level up as actually more skilled communicators on both a personal basis and a professional basis. And it all starts with listening first, understanding your audience, appreciating what they want, empathizing with why they don't have it, then finding that mutual way forward to help them get it. Whether you're selling them something or getting them to buy into something you want them to do with you. And I think that's why I'm so excited that we are just impacting way more people than we ever have. And it's shows like yours that help expose this to the world. So I really want to thank you, Brandon, for having me here. Yeah, well, I appreciate you. I think there's a lot of perspective and insights that the the everyone listening, the rewind can draw from today. But I do hope that they go and take advantage of your offer at businessofstory.com forward slash BB podcast and uh, check them out. I mean, for the less than the cost of a date night with your wife, you could be grabbing all this knowledge and then paying for all the date nights just by applying it to your business. So uh, appreciate you, Park. And thanks for coming on today. Oh, my pleasure, Brandon. Thank you. And as always, thank you everyone for listening and uh, giving us your attention today. We know it's limited and valuable, so we hope that you got what you needed. And as always, we will catch you next time. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to help you build a brand that matters. Head over to BrandsOnBrands.com for resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit BrandsOnBrands.com.